Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Do Go On is brought to you live from the European Beer Cafe as kind of part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. There's only a few tickets left for our show on uh, this coming Sunday, the 4th of April. Um, so if you've missed out on, uh, on coming to see us live, you can see Book Cheat and Primates, their first and probably only live show uh, this Sunday, 4th of April. All the details will be in the show notes. I say that because I can't remember them right now. Um, and lots of good stuff to see. You can also see Matt Stewart in his uh, comedy festival show called Nostalgia Was Better When I Was a Boy. Um, again, details in the description of this episode Um, but please sit back relax enjoy this live episode in front of an audience for the first time in a very long time whoa did you see i spilled some water yeah fuck yeah rock and roll comedy's back yes uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are we feeling tonight? Oh, thank you so much for coming out. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is David Wanaki, but the best is yet to come. Could you please put your hands together and welcome to the stage, Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Yeah! Rock and roll. Um, we... we, we Oh no! Um, I was we wondering play- why they went wild. <laughs> we, A spillage. This we, crowd is ready to go. <laughs> I walked out clapping first and foremost, and then went, "Why the fuck am I clapping?" And then I kicked over a drink, and then my microphone wasn't on. <laughs> first live show in sixteen yeah, months. It's been a while. <laughs> Um, I'm really thirsty, so just give me a second, guys. <laughs> skull, skull, skull. You still didn't even do it. I'll save that for later. 
He so could sorry. not get through that. I'm sorry, so is this sorry. thing on? Hello? Yeah, you're Hello? just not funny. Check one, two. Check, check. No, he doesn't. Me? Wait, you think I'm him? <laughs> How dare you? What about the best... Oh, was that a very delayed comment about Dave not finishing the water? <laughs> All right, if they're not snappy, just keep it inside. They've, they've confused I us. I liked it. The, the best YouTube comment we ever got was, Matt looks more like a Dave and Dave looks more like a Matt. <laughs> Could not agree more. I loved it. Yeah. Is that a comp... I don't know if that's... Is that a compliment? Mate, it's a compliment. You're lucky to be a Dave. <laughs> Just take it. You'd be lucky to be a Dave. You wish you were a Dave. Weird energy to start. Okay. That's nice energy. I was really... I'm surprised there are people here. It's very nice. Yeah, it's great to be here in this uh, COVID-safe venue. Um, if anyone's listening, of course, there's 1.5 metres between every single person. Uh, we are performing to four people in an airport hangar. Talk about podcasts. Give me a round of applause if you've ever heard Do Go On before. Thank you. Uh, how about the other end of the scale? And don't be shy. It's been a while. You've had a long time to catch up. But uh, give me a round of applause if you've never heard the show before. <laughs> Damn it's, straight. Good it's energy. so funny. The nerd with the multiple Stormtrooper T-shirts. Yeah, only cool people listen to this show, yeah. fella. Mate, you are... You are the demographic, so <laughs> you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming along. Was anyone anyone else who hadn't heard the show before? Front centre, well done, very brave. Um, you don't know, you don't you don't know us. Um, we could be the type that really go ya. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not a good throw. Um, she will not miss the second time. <laughs> that was a warning spill. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember how to do this. Well, why don't we turn to our friend Matt and ask him to explain what? <laughs> what is this show? When you said "well," I'm like, "Thank God, we're in safe hands." <laughs> Generally, the thought I had was, "Oh my God, that's so good." Dave saying the rain's here. <laughs> Taking the reins to dog the boys. All right, so um, the way this works is uh, uh, for the new newcomers, uh, uh, one of the three of us uh, goes away and learns about a topic that's been suggested by one of the uh, people listening or otherwise, and then we come back with the knowledge that we have gained in report form and say it back to the other two, and then uh, to get us onto the topic that we're going to talk about, it's, it normally isn't this concise. And to... <laughs> Get it onto the topic that we're getting it onto in the end. Uh, the report giver will ask a question. And that question will be asked tonight by the report giver, Jess. Jess, what is your question? <laughs> I'm a- wow. I'm afraid that's all we have time for. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> okay, my question... I remember why I'm here now. Sorry, Jess has a question. Sorry, sorry. My question is, which early 2000s controversy... Involved both Milburn Moneybags and Ronald McDonald. Oh, the McMonopoly thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean that like, was yeah. yeah. That, That's we, enough. It's really. called the Monopoly thing. Yeah. Do, are you suggesting a snappier title? No. What? Wait. What was the first guy's name? Uh, Milburn Moneybags. Pennybags, I think his oh, name is, is that actually. The, that's the Monopoly, Monopoly man. Monopoly man. Pennybags. So normally, what we would do is we. <laughs> 
Dave and I normally have some sort of attempts at, at joke answers. I fucked that up tonight. <laughs> I actually, I accidentally got it right. Yeah. Because, because what are you I'm, doing? I had like 50 great no, answers ready to go. No, but all he really said was a Monopoly thing, Dave. Do you have a guess? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, do go on. <laughs> um, McDonald's. Monopoly heist. Yeah, that is correct, Dave. Very good. Pretty good. Very good, Dave. Good guess. Thank you. Um, uh, did anybody else have? Did anybody heard of this? Of this event that happened a little while ago? Has anybody not heard of it? Okay, thank God. Great. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, we all know this one. Otherwise, next. there was going to be a lot of live. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, I've memorised that Wikipedia page, so. Um, I think you'll find, and um, I was going to start a brawl, but luckily there's a few people who haven't, so let's get stuck in. Is that what we do here? Yes, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> Love, uh... Thank you so much. <laughs> great. If you could just shout compliments. Yeah. That'd be great. So if you're on compliments for the night... That'd be um, a bit of encouragement. Preferably not about, like, hair and what I'm wearing, because it's not my value. Um, if you could direct those this way, that'd be really good. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Seriously. I'll take them too. Yeah. <laughs> but I must be clear, I will not. Oh, thank you. Shirt's great, thank you. Got little toucans on it. Are they toucans? They are. Ah, that's his drinking ability. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, got him, got him. <laughs> Oh, yeah? <laughs> sip, sip, sip. Oh, it's going to be a long night. Okay. In the early 2000s, the Jacksonville, Florida FBI office had a reputation for being a fairly quiet branch. Bit of a sleepy hollow. It was a good place for FBI agents to work just before retirement. In fact, a lot of their work was to do with investigating white-collar crime, uh, bank fraud, healthcare fraud, corruption. Um, nothing that exciting. Or was it? Oh. Stick to the script, Jess. I feel an X-file coming on. <laughs> Special Agent Doug Matthews, a young, fresh agent new to the team, was partnered with legendary agent Rick Dent. Good name. Rick Ooh, Dent. I want to call him Dick Dent. <laughs> If I was him, not you, him. If, he, if you were him, you would insist on being referred to as Dick Dent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes sense. But I'm going to insist on it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, that's a beautiful name. For a boy or girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just gorgeous. Um, yeah, so the two were a bit of an... They were a real odd couple. Uh, Matthews was young, gung-ho, energetic and enthusiastic, always looking for something fun and interesting and was feeling a little restless investigating healthcare fraud, which he described as important but boring. <laughs> Dent was a straight-down-the-line, serious, matter-of-fact man who Matthews described as having as much personality as this table. Um, he, was re- he gestured to a table at the time. <laughs> But that table had quite a lot of personality. Yeah, it was a bold table. Very charismatic table. I'd fuck that table. I would fuck that table. And then I would join its cult. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That charismatic. Let's get either end of that table and fuck its brains out. (laughs) Do you want (laughs) to? I'd 
I don't. <laughs> thought we were onto something there. <laughs> you thought so I love wrong. It. Matt, you seem to look back there just to see if there was a table. <laughs> over. Let's have some fun. Let's do go on up late. <laughs> Let's give it a go right now. <laughs> yes, we, we don't normally do this at night, do no, we? No, this is exciting. Yeah, it's electric. <laughs> <laughs> Rarely talk about how we love to fuck tables. <laughs> We don't usually show that side of ourselves, but... Um, when the sun's up, I rarely, <laughs> rarely let people in on how like, I like to get furniture in and around me. <laughs> okay, that was, yeah. I was, I was, I felt like I was nudging towards the line and I think, I think they I found it. you know where it yeah, was, yeah. there it is. So, so we'll, we'll stick on, from now on, we'll attempt to stick on this side of it. Good, good where was the line again? <laughs> Matthews one day noticed a note on Dent's desk that said, McDonald's Monopoly fraud? <laughs> Matthews, always on the hunt for something shiny and more interesting to do, asked Dent what the note was. Dent said a person had called in and said the, Monopoly's, the McDonald's Monopoly game, which had been running since 1987, was rigged. Matthews, Board of Healthcare Fraud, was keen to dig a little deeper and see if there was anything to this tip. So Dent humoured his young partner and said, yeah, go for it, whatever. So Matthews calls the source, the person who'd called in and given this tip, and digs around a little bit and this person tells him three names of previous million dollar winners of the Monopoly game and says, I know it's rigged because these three people are related. Oh. See, they can really read what they're supposed to do. <laughs> you guys just stare at me blankly. Uh, I, I'm thinking, what a lucky family. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? What are the chances? Incredibly slim. And um, it, does, it does sound like a jaded person hasn't won at the McDonald's Monopoly game and they've called up the FBI. Yeah. Like, I How had, are they doing it? I had hotcakes every day for a month and I didn't win anything. <laughs> Not even free hotcakes. So the oh. chances of winning the million dollar piece are already incredibly slim. The, the chance of three family members, members winning that, almost impossible. So uh, the FBI think, hmm, maybe this is worth looking into a little more. So after a little bit more digging, they quickly discovered that it was far more than just three winners who were linked. It was just about all of them. <laughs> the source also told Special Agent Matthews that the person behind the fraud was someone known as Uncle Jerry. <laughs> Ooh. Hello, I'm Uncle Jerry and I'm here to collect the million dollar prize. <laughs> the weirdest name. Yeah, it's not a good ringleader name. Um, yeah, but you then again want to be called Dick Dent, so. <laughs> That's a better name than Uncle Jerry if you're going to commit fraud. Dick Dent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So out of the millions of dollars in prizes over a decade of McDonald's Monopoly, how much of it was won fraudulently? Who was Uncle Jerry? Was this an inside job? Trying to get a bit of suspense. Wow. Going. Oh, you think it might be Uncle Jerry McDonald's? Is that possible? <laughs> You guys are We're good. Well, you didn't say the family name. Are they all McDonald's? <laughs> I think I've blown this oh. wide open. Much oh. like I did at the table. <laughs> there it is. Regret face. I don't know where the cameras are, but I tried to look down the barrel of one. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. It'd be great if I told you there are no cameras. <laughs> <laughs> well, there haven't been cameras around yeah. here. <laughs> He's always pulling faces for the cameras. <laughs> He's like, you know, Vinny filming, and we're like, 
Vinny died. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I saw him just before. <laughs> Vinny's not here, mate. <laughs> Let him go. <laughs> Vinny's very much alive. For now. Vinny? So, <laughs> are you alive, Vinny? <laughs> Might just keep checking in then. So Uncle Jerry's won the lot. No, he's like behind it all. Dave, just, I mean, I'll fucking get to it. I mean, you asked a lot of questions. <laughs> I know, and you were just trying to get me back onto the topic, and I'm still going to tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> so they started to look into how someone could get their hands on all the winning game pieces. The cups, fries, boxes, and all the packaging was made in factories with hundreds of staff members, delivered by drivers to stores all over the country with hundreds of McDonald's, thousands of McDonald's staff members. So there's like an endless number of people who, this, who it could be. So the FBI decided they needed uh, someone on the inside. Ronald. <laughs> or Grimace. I always knew he but was a not, snitch. But not the Hamburglar. Not the Hamburglar. You can't trust the Hamburglar. What, are you crazy? <laughs> What's a bird one? Was there a bird? Birdie. Birdie. <laughs> I forgot Birdie. <laughs> From Bird. <laughs> It's been a long time, you guys. What was the grimacy one's name again? (laughs) (laughs) Always grimacing. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they they need someone on the inside. They set up a meeting with McDonald's, running the risk that it was someone on the inside that was committing the fraud. And then them setting up a meeting is probably going to let them in on it. Um, They set it up with, like, the manager of a store and it's, like, some (laughs) 16-year-old. Hi, how can I help you? Listen here, kid. We know about Uncle Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) So they're keeping it as hush-hush as possible. They met with McDonald's Director of Global Security, Rob Holm, and a couple of other McDonald's head honchos. Became pretty apparent quite quickly that McDonald's had nothing to do with it, which I'm guessing is when they all went, What? (laughs) Which is exactly... What a guilty person would exactly. say. Exactly. <laughs> so, and they were very distressed to hear that their promotional game had been tampered with. Um, and as it turned out, a new Monopoly game was about to start. It happened a couple of times a year and they're about to kick off a brand new game. So the FBI viewed it as a chance to be proactive and essentially catch Uncle Jerry red-handed. McDonald's were a little hesitant, having struggled recently through the panic around, around mad cow disease in beef. So they already kind of... They'd taken a bit of a hit. <laughs> and they, they were worried that... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're just about to, to launch the cow-themed Monopoly. This is terrible timing. I walked past an Australia Post yesterday and they had an Australia... I'm looking forward to how this comes back to Mad Cow. <laughs> and they would not sell me any stamps. No, they, they have an Australia... Get out of here! Shoo! Get out of here! For the last time! No, they had an Australia Post-themed Monopoly and I cannot tell you how many were stacked up <laughs> in the window. It was like... Dave, they just got a fresh shipment. It was, it was sad how because many... Because of demand. Are. That's cute. Did you get some? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check under your seats. <laughs> so they're worried then if, they, if the word gets out to the public that the game is corrupt, that's going to damage their reputation even more. So they're a, little, they're a little nervous about it. Rob Holm, the director of global security at McDonald's, says that the decision wasn't one that they made lightly, but that ultimately they owed it to the customers to do the right thing. 
to run the game one more time. <laughs> and then every year until current day. It's so crazy, it just might work. Yeah, so brave, so brave. So McDonald's ha- uh, had to explain to the FBI exactly how their Monopoly game worked. But they're a fast food restaurant, <laughs> if, if any of you aren't sure. So they outsourced the handling of the game to a marketing company creatively called Simon Marketing. <laughs> That is nominative determinism if I've ever heard of it. Too clever for you. Get it. Too clever. Sometimes I say stuff too clever for even you. Did I say the thing right? Yeah, that's that's right. Hello, I'm Simon Marketing. I'll be in charge of all your marketing. (laughs) All right, how about a fucking other table? (laughs) I I hate them. I hate them. (laughs) I love you. I love you all. So, I just want to quickly recap. So, you said that, like, McDonald's, they've asked how the game works, and McDonald's are like, well, um... We don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, who, who here knows how Monopoly works, really? No. Who's ever finished a game no. of Monopoly? You play for Without six... Without King hitting a sibling. Yeah. <laughs> six or seven hours, someone's got all the money. Yeah. Everyone else and has no money. And you go, fuck you, Dad! Yeah. For example... <laughs> <laughs> and I just got a report to do. Um, McDonald's and Simon Marketing have been working together for a very long time. And Simon si- Marketing. Simon Marketing. <laughs> That's like nominative determinism gone mad. They'll <laughs> <laughs> get on board eventually. <laughs> just say everyone, it enough times. If everyone could just Google nominative determinism. <laughs> <laughs> there is... A, I, you know how I go straight to... <laughs> Too dumb to get it. Not, not a very good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be that. No. Couldn't possibly be. Yeah, so they've been working together a long time. In fact, Simon Marketing uh, were behind the introduction of the Happy Meal. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's genuinely impressive. A lot of fans of Happy Meals in the house. I've, that was... that. We can't top that. <laughs> you said something that made a whole crowd go... Wow. <laughs> Was that, would that be a career highlight for what us? What a moment. Wow. I'm not hairs on the... you got hairs on your on arm. The, um... <laughs> they just turned up. <laughs> I shaved two hours ago. <laughs> I'm losing control of tonight. Yeah, yeah, she's right. You never had it. Um, anyway, so, of course, that means if not only McDonald's is involved, Simon Marketing is involved, it's even more people that are involved. Don't say anything about Simon Marketing. I know that fucking face. And to complicate it even further, the actual game pieces were printed by a different company, again, called Dittler Brothers. Oh, that's not nice, is it? Dittler Brothers. Dittler, your brother. <laughs> No, no, thank you. No, thank you. He's a married man. <laughs> if it was me, I would have called him Dick Dittler Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I didn't understand what he meant before. <laughs> I, just, I just thought the joke was he put Dick at the front. <laughs> it's very funny to me as well because Matt is just sitting in the dark by himself. <laughs> 
spent so long trying yeah. to get the lights right. And then you're just sitting in the dark, making these jokes and then hating yourself. Did you guys know that Matt's also here? <sighs> All right. You're just a voice. So Dittler Brothers, right? They're the ones that print the they game print pieces, stuff, but they sure. also print like US stamps and stuff like that. So it's like a, it's a secure company. They've got. I wasn't allowed any stamps. <laughs> Do not get Dave start on the I stamps. I need this to come up. <laughs> I want to send a letter to your supervisor. <laughs> Dave, were you wearing pants? Absolutely not. There we go. It was a Sunday. <laughs> it was today. It's <laughs> <laughs> no pants day. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so the Monopoly game's up and running. The FBI gets a call from McDonald's that says a man named Michael Hoover has claimed a prize. <laughs> He'd found the million-dollar piece. <laughs> I'm laughing at everyone's names. Who, that's a funny name. Hoover. It that's sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! encourage it but I'm not discouraging <laughs> yeah, it. So Michael Hoover who's found the million dollar piece. Special Agent Matthews who was always suggesting an undercover operation. He would essentially walk into meetings and go undercover and they'd go fuck off Matthews. He'd go alright. Uh, doing a lunch run. We're doing an undercover. Undercover? Yeah. undercover? Who's for undercover? He just kept suggesting it. So this time he pipes up and he says that they should shoot fake TV commercials with the winners under the guise of celebrating the win, getting other people to play, but also interviewing the people without bringing them into the FBI office, which would probably tip some people off. Right. I mean, when you said we should shoot people, I was a bit worried. (laughs) How about we shoot them? (laughs) But we're undercover. I'll play a hitman. Perfect crime. I'll play a hitman. No, that's great. Brilliant. A fake commercial. And that's exactly and, and what And the camera's always rolling. Yeah, exactly. they confess. Exactly right. So that he keeps suggesting undercover and they're all like, come on. It's actually a very good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so he would pose as the director and they got a couple of other agents to pose as film crew, but they needed someone from McDonald's to work with them as well. Enter Amy Murray. She'd been with McDonald's for a few years but had only been working on the Monopoly promotion for about six months and she was in the communications department and part of her role was coordinating with winners of the game. So she seemed like the perfect fit to help them out with this. So Shamrock Productions, (laughs) which is the name they gave their fake production company, it's not bad, it's pretty bad, um, (laughs) went to visit Michael Hoover to film his story on how he won. He told a whole story about falling asleep at the beach, waking up and being covered in sand because the wind had picked up. So he went down to the water to get the sand off and whoopsie-daisy, he dropped his People magazine in the water. <laughs> what a klutz. What was, he, what was he reading on the beach? People magazine. I think it's a different magazine in America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had a wank at the beach. <laughs> I fell asleep. In America, I think it's just like a Who magazine over here. It's whatever you read. But uh... Thank you. Uh, I subscribe, I know. <laughs> I did not subscribe. I really thought that was an old man thing to get, but you were right on it. <laughs> People magazine, classic. I've heard. What a, sh- what a shit name for yeah. a gross magazine. Keep you know, it vague. Like... Yeah. It's like it's nominative determinism. <laughs> Got a, nah. Did I get a reaction like I'd said something offensive? Aww. And that felt right. Offensive to 
Good humour, but um, <laughs> who's editing this week's? There will be no edits. This will be baffling for the listener then. Oh, yeah. The live shows always are. And then they go, can we not have live shows? And we go, nah. And then COVID. Yeah, was that, was that an inside job from one of the listeners? <laughs> Could have been. Stopping, stopping those live podcasts. We are the biggest victims here. <laughs> Please do go on. So Michael Hoover's dropped his magazine. He's dropped his, sorry, he's dropped his porn magazine. He dropped his porn. In the he, beach. And what's go- happened then? He goes to the car, drives home, decides to get some dinner. So he stops at a supermarket. And while he's getting some stuff, he thinks to himself, you know what? I didn't even get to read that People magazine. So he buys a new one. He goes home, he's having a leaf through it. Would you believe million dollar piece inside the magazine? This sounds like he's done COVID tracing. Every, everywhere he went. And so what? So can you get a McDonald's Monopoly piece? Yeah, you know? they were in like magazines. Even as, apparently you could just go up to someone at McDonald's and say, can I have a game piece, please? Because otherwise it would be gambling. So they, they, they just give you a free piece every now and then. Baffling. What are you talking about? <laughs> really Generally I've, I've lost the plot of this... <laughs> Story. Mm. Why? What's the People magazine? Why is there a magazine There's at the, the beach? The Monopoly pieces that you collect were yeah. in magazines. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And he found one. Yep. They're filming a fake commercial with him to try and catch him out. And he's got this crazy. You know what? Just story. smile and nod for the rest of yeah. it. <laughs> Good job. But we, meanwhile, so the FBI are like, "Oh, this is definitely bullshit." So they tap his phone and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't quite get a phone call with Uncle Jerry. They weren't quite that lucky. They did get a phone, uh, catch another phone call uh, between him and another man named AJ Glum. That's a good one. In which I would have called him Dick Glum. cameras again? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, the, yeah, so he's, he's basically bragging on the phone about how well he did in the interview and how stupid the crew were because they believed every word of his made-up story. So the FBI were like, okay, so yeah, we're definitely on to something. <laughs> but they still don't know how many people were involved, how wide this scam went, who's leading it. So... They took the phone records of previous winners and analysed them to see if there were any common phone numbers that all of them had been in contact with, which is a bit of like, a bit of a stretch, but it paid off. Uncle Jerry. <laughs> all these winners had had phone calls uh, with one person, Jerome Jacobson, also known as Jerry Jacobson. Oh. The head of security at Simon Market. <gasps> no. Well, Matt, I think you know what this means. <laughs> Yeah, I would have called him Dick Jerry. <laughs> is, that, is that what you meant? Absolutely. Nailed it. Um, Jerry Jacobson was a former police officer who left the force after a diagnosis with a rare neurological disorder and he and his wife Marsha moved to Atlanta, Georgia in 1981 where he got work as a mechanic and she worked as a security auditor for the accounting firm, yuck, Arthur Young. (laughs) You're not an accountant, are you? Sorry. 
Oh, you hesitated. <laughs> anyway, so she's working as an auditor and she was assigned to one of their clients, Dittler Brothers. I've heard of them. <laughs> they wouldn't sell you any stamps. Yeah. Those were just print as a fucking stamp. <laughs> print as one stamp. Um, she got a, a job for her husband as well at the company, um, but by 1983 they'd divorced and, and Jacobson started to climb the ranks until he oversaw all production for Dittler's uh, client. Um... <laughs> That's weird. Um, for their client, Simon Marketing. I have must have... I've copied... I've pasted in a sentence where it shouldn't be, but... He's overseeing Simon Marketing while working for Dittler Brothers uh, and it, he ends up going and working for Simon Marketing as well. They poach him. But anyway, this, is a, um, this next bit's from a really great article from the Daily Beast. It says, When Jacobson marched through the printing works with his slicked back hair and a little paunch that overhung his belt, he looked every part the ex-cop. He was quick with a joke but commanded respect for his hard work and obsession with loss prevention. What a fun guy for a dinner party. <laughs> he inspected workers' shoes to check they weren't stealing McDonald's game pieces. Oh, they're for me. <laughs> Only oh, I may steal. But yeah, anyway, his attention to detail and police credentials meant that Simon Marketing poached him in 1988. So now he's working directly for... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has, been stress, <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that feel, that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit. It, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is upsetting to hear. I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give better help a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So the Monopoly promotion was run a couple of times a year and it was a massive process to get the game going. 
Dittler Brothers would work 24-7 for three months to print half a billion game pieces. Laid end-to-end, -end, the paper tickets would stretch from New York to Sydney. It's a fun visual. That's quite a long way. That helps me understand how many there are. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. Quite a, quite a few. Yeah. Heaps, I'd say. Bloody hell. Um, the high-value winning pieces were marked with uh, watermark code and examined under blue light when people claimed the prize to There's ensure jizz. they're not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Part of the fine print is you do yeah. actually have to jizz on the piece first. Well, if you've got People magazine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Explains a lot. It checks out. It checks out yeah. for this guy. It does, yeah. It checks out. The pieces are then locked in a vault guarded by coded keypads and a dual entry combination lock. Dual entry? Yeah. Like that table. <laughs> so thanks so much for coming to your first show. Is this how they explain it to you? Yeah. Yeah. I got a well done from the first time. <laughs> Well God, done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> you keep at it. <laughs> you look like you're having fun. It's <laughs> the main thing. That's the important thing. <laughs> so, there is someone out there who's, who's going home at night being like, Honey, you know what? I've uh, got a promotion at the bank. I've been put in charge of, of something very precious at the vault. I am protecting the winning game piece from the Monopoly McDonald's And his game. wife says, I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and there's dual interest. Stop talking about it at dinner parties. We have to put our, our keys in at the same time and say, three, two, one, turn. And Darren always turns a millisecond too late and we have to start all over again. <laughs> Fucking Darren. Fucking Darren. Anyway, so then Jacobson, Jerry Jacobson took the high-value pieces, placed them in envelopes and sealed them with tamper-proof metallic stickers. Tamper-proof. That's fun to say. He then had the job of flying all over the country to various McDonald's packaging factories to distribute the pieces. All of this was overseen by an independent auditor who travelled with Jerry and the briefcase they used to transport the pieces was combination locked as well, with each side having a different code. Jerry had one, the auditor had the other. So it seems pretty difficult to somehow steal the pieces. So maybe it, maybe it wasn't Jerry Jacobson. Nah, it totally was. Um, <laughs> But I had you for a sec. <laughs> you don't speak for everyone. Shut up. <laughs> nah. nah. Oh, I yeah, you're fun at parties it. too. <laughs> nah. Try again. <laughs> Not impressed. <laughs> I don't care. I've got your money. Um... Honestly, Jess, she spoke for me. <laughs> nah. Nah. I loved it. You have no who, idea what's going on. Who said the on. nah? I love the nah. Yeah. No one wants to put their hand up. <laughs> Cowards. You know I'll bash you. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff happens when you're not there. Anyway. So we've done one good episode. How <laughs> <laughs> it was last yeah. week's episode? That's oh. why it's wild they're here. <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway. In the miniseries, Macmillions, very good series, um, Jacobson's lawyer explains that somehow, by chance, Jerry Jacobson once received a parcel in the mail at work mistakenly sent to him from a supplier in Hong Kong which contained those tamper-proof metallic stickers. He just got sent some of those stickers. Without that, he would never have been able to pull it off. Oh. I'd say that as a sign from God. That to, <laughs> to steal millions of dollars? Yeah. Okay. And that's why I'm banned from the post office. <laughs> <laughs> That seems reasonable. 
This meant that once Jerry had sneakily watched the auditor enter her code into the briefcase, he could just go to the men's bathroom where she couldn't follow him, swap the high-value pieces for some spare low-value pieces that he'd swiped, and then put a new sticker on it and everything was dandy. So he'd just pocket the But the would real he take the, that sort of briefcase into the bathroom? Yeah. And say, I need to take this in there. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Yeah. This is where I keep my people magazines. <laughs> <laughs> I love the vagueness of that, of a, a magazine with nude pictures. Yeah, you know what I'm into? People. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find people beautiful. so hot. Yeah, <laughs> They're really so hot. Nude people are the best. Oh, wow. It's really inclusive. It's nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I mean, it's inclusive to a point. What about animals? What about dogs? <laughs> okay, I found that line again. <laughs> <laughs> would have made more sense if I said tables, that would have been... <laughs> Can I have that one again? <laughs> that, I think that might have been the best of the night if I had not fucked it if up. If you got it. If you got it. That's me. Always a couple of seconds away from being real smart. <laughs> so wow. he starts kind of small. One day in 1989 at a family gathering in Miami, Jacobson slipped his stepbrother, Marvin Braun, fucking hell good names, a game piece worth $25,000. Jacobson later admitted, I don't know if I just wanted to show him I could do something. <laughs> or bragging. No, don't pity him. That is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so, that's for you. <laughs> huh? 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 I'm not a loser. I'm not a loser. Stop telling mum I'm a loser. <laughs> yeah. Not long after, his local butcher heard that Jerry was in charge of the prizes <laughs> and said he wanted a winning piece as well. Jerry said, yeah, sure, I can make that happen. But it'll look sus, because we know each other. Because that's on record. People know who your butcher is. <laughs> so the butcher gets a distant friend involved to be the one to claim the prize, and they pay Jerry two grand for the stolen piece. This is basically how he makes his money over the next decade. Just like selling the, selling the tickets or getting kickbacks. So then he ups the stake, and he stole a $1 million instant win game piece and locked it in a safety deposit box. Um, someone who came into Jerry's life and industrialised the Monopoly scam was someone that he met purely by chance. Jacobson was sitting in Atlanta Airport one day in 19, 1995 when a man sat down next to him. That man was Gennaro Colombo of the infla infamous Colombo crime family in New York. Oh, my God. That sounds like a made-up name. Well, by the way, Gennaro goes by Jerry. <laughs> now there's two Jerrys. Oh, my God. So the two Jerrys get chatting. Um, from that article again, it says, when Jacobson revealed that he worked in promotional gaming, Colombo was intrigued. He enjoyed finding new ways to cheat a system. <laughs> 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 when Charleston County in Georgia passed new laws restricting where strip clubs could be operated, Colombo changed his uh, strip club called Fuzzy Bunnies into the Church of Fuzzy Bunnies. <laughs> said, I want them to read the Bible for two hours every night and then we'll drink and let the girls dance. <laughs> Get on your knees, let's pray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of the double meaning there. I didn't even. That was you. That wasn't me. That was not me. What a weird first impression I've made on you tonight. It's not normally like this. Is it? <laughs> it absolutely is. Are we normally like this? No. No. Usually we sit and listen. <laughs> Please. Very nicely. Um, 
so, so they decided they're, they're going to work together. By November of the same year, Jerry Jacobson had slipped Columbo the winning piece of a brand new Dodge Viper. Soon, Columbo was travelling around visiting friends who would amazingly win a million dollars not long after. It's crazy. So it's, it's the wildest thing. That could be a coincidence, Jess. It's absolutely You're not a coincidence. Oh. It's not a coincidence. Because in 1996, Columbo's father-in-law, William Fisher, can you believe it, he won a million dollars? It's just... I would have called him. I would have called him... (laughs) Dick Fisher. (laughs) That one felt good. That one felt... Would you say no, it's not? That was so good. I mean, you said it in a tone that made me think, without hearing the words you said, I assumed you hated it, but... I love that you were able to say something positive in such a negative tone. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Genuinely love that. Great work. <laughs> really good stuff. So many times I've wanted to walk off the stage tonight. Oh, I ha- if you hate me, I hate myself more, okay? Just know that. Oh, please, no pity, please. <laughs> That's only making it worse. <laughs> no, you're okay. <laughs> you're, you're okay. That feels right. Yeah. Dave, can you tell me to go on, please? Please, do go on. Thank you. Please. please. So this is kind of... This is how it would work. People would give Columbo a down payment. He would give them a winning piece. They would create elaborate backstories for themselves and fake addresses in different states. So it didn't look sus that they all lived in the one place. Well, they're always wanking on a beach. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to... I thought that was a bit rude. Yeah, <laughs> um, not for me. Then Should have said what I was doing at that post office. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, help me out here. Guys, this report is actually really long. Really? Oh, my God, sorry. I thought we were padding. If you could just shut the fuck up. Great, great, great. Happy to not talk for the next 15 to 20. (laughs) Don't completely shut up. Okay. I'll just go... Just Mm -hmm. shut up a little bit. Great. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So these people would then claim the winning prizes and then send kickbacks. Matt, I need a little more from you as well, if you don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) Can you breathe? (laughs) Fuck me. This is our job. (laughs) That's dumb. Um, Is that what you think of this as? A job? This is a passion thing for me. (laughs) I'm absolutely in this for the money. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And we are rolling in it. (laughs) It's 50-50 right here. Let's go. Yeah. That's our intern. (laughs) The worst. Terrible businessman. Does not know what he's worth. (laughs) Did you enjoy your beer? (laughs) (laughs) Is that yummy? Is that a yummy beer? Yeah. Oh, yummy. <laughs> All right, I probably am going to have to edit some stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, please do go on. Thank you so much. I'm just going to... Yeah, anyway, they, they get some cash out of it. We're all good? Great. 
So I don't have time to go into all the stories. There are a lot of people involved in this. Um, but one, one of the stories kind of paints a picture of how complicated and widespread it is. So in April of 2000, Uncle Jerry took a drive with a friend of his, a man named Dwight Baker. He was a well-respected member of the local... That would have that been a good one. That would have been a good one. I mean... I probably don't need to say it, but that would have been a good one. Dick Baker. <laughs> I winked at the camera. There is no camera. I cannot stress enough, there is no camera, let alone three of well, them. Well, I winked at the back wall. You're going to fuck that wall? <laughs> the way it's looking at me. <laughs> I really just... This can't, there can't be long to go, can there? If you shut up, no. No, I'm kidding. There's actually quite a while. Oh, my God. No, 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 we're fine, we're fine. We're good for time? We're fine. I've got, I've got a time on here. Fantastic, fantastic. And does anywhere, anyone have anywhere to be? You don't come to a Do Go On show and make plans afterwards. Yeah. Doody, who's running our tech, lives in a regional area. <laughs> He said that to me before. Well. And I didn't realise why until now. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a fridge. I have a very comfortable couch you can crash on. Because we're going all night. Oh, that sounded creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you lick him out? <laughs> uh, that's a reference to a previous episode. Just so you know. Just so you know, that does have context, believe it or not. The Stormtrooper man is doing a really <laughs> firm arm cross now. <laughs> My so mother-in-law is here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> Woo! All right, do, do, all right. Let's just recap where we are. He's gone for a drive yes. with Dwight Baker. Dick Baker. Dick Baker. <laughs> Dick Baker, a well-respected member of the local Mormon church, a devoted father of five who lived in a split-level house next to hayfields and farmland. Don't know why they included that, but I like it. And by they, I mean me. Um, he was, uh, he was a, a property developer. He'd been trying to um, build a, a, like a resort and a, and a championship golf course, um, but he, he couldn't attract enough investors. On top of that, uh, Dwight had had an accident in his tractor that spring and severely damaged his spine. Hearing of his friend's misfortune, Uncle Jerry told him about the Monopoly promotion. Dwight was initially hesitant, but he was owing 30k in back taxes and had started to have to sell, sell off parcels of his land. So he was pretty desperate for cash. So he had a spinal injury and now back taxes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thank a tough break. <laughs> that is tough. <laughs> See it, like a, yeah. So, I mean, part of the job of sitting on the side, like, you see little connections and you go, is that anything? And it turns out often, no, it is not. But we have fun along the way. The real winner is friendship. Yeah. And you better believe after the show, I'm going to ask, was that a pun? <laughs> <laughs> So Jerry can make all of that, all of that trouble go away for the low, low price of $100,000. His biggest kickback yet. But it couldn't be Dwight who claimed the prize. The link was too close between the two men and it had to be someone Dwight could trust but had had a different name to him. 
So he spoke to George Chandler, who was 30 at the time and had been Dwight's foster son since George was a teenager. Dwight showed George the winning game piece in a tiny Ziploc bag and offered to sell it to him for $100,000. Dwight explained that the winner was going... The winner, the real winner, not me, someone I know, a friend of mine, uh, he's going through a messy divorce and he doesn't want to split the McDonald's winnings with his soon-to-be ex-wife. Taylor's oldest time. (laughs) (laughs) So Dwight helped George fill in the claim form, send it off, but he warned him not to participate in any promotions about the Monopoly game, like like TV ads or anything like that. Right. But on June 26, Dwight's phone rang and George said, oh, you need to be up here at South Union McDonald's at 11 because McDonald's is presenting me with a big check. (laughs) (laughs) And Dwight's like, "Uh, maybe you don't, maybe don't do that. And George is like, that'll be fun, big check. You never mentioned anything about a big check. Yeah, I love big checks. Um, so, yeah, Dwight Baker, he arrives at the McDonald's. Two TV news crews were filming Ronald McDonald, the real one. What? I know. Showering George with confetti. <laughs> He's like, fuck off, Ronald. You big perv. Get out of here. Perv. <laughs> Follow me around. Perv. Big shoes. <laughs> you big shoes. Jesus Christ. You know what they say about girls with big shoes. Big perv. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As a size eight, that's absolutely true. He's so small. <laughs> so that footage, that TV footage, found its way to the FBI field office in Jacksonville. So after a massive effort from the FBI, including a lot of wiretapping, following people, searching phone records, undercover operations, the Monopoly game was wrapping up. And so they had to kind of move. And they had enough evidence to make some arrests the Jacksonville branch were going to need the help of other branches in order to make the arrest because uh, the scam was spread out across a few different states. So they put together all the info uh, the arresting officers would need and they sent it via fax. However, someone, although in the doco no one will take blame for it, faxed it to Greenville FBI. Or so they thought. In actual fact, they had faxed it to the Greenville News. And just given the journalists every piece of info they had on this very hush-hush case. <laughs> the agents, meant they, talk, they tell a story in the documentary of, like, getting in the little Cessna plane, flying there overnight and turning up on the, on the door the next day and not bribing them or anything. Definitely not bribing them. They didn't bribe them. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> what a dummy. I was clearly joking. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not. It was just a really funny fuck up. I felt the need to share. So, they managed to keep the story hush hush for a little bit longer. August twenty second, two thousand and one, the FBI found out and made eight arrests, including Dwight and and Linda Baker, uh, and Michael Hoover. And in a pre dawn raid, FBI agents surrounded Jerry Jacobson's red brick home, crept up the garden path, and knocked on his door. <laughs> <laughs> Yoo-hoo! He'll never see it coming. <laughs> Pre-dawn, you'd be a bit bloody shocked someone's knocking on your door. Let me tell you that. I'd be saying, you get out of here, thanks very much. (laughs) So a shock to Jacobson was taken away in handcuffs and charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud. His bond set at a staggering $1 million. So that's how they got him. I've got a little uh, playing piece that'll (laughs) get me out of this bind. That's right. I've got a little get out of jail free (laughs) card. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, also, let me tell you about the time I won third prize in a beauty contest. Okay. 
So that was it. It was over. Jerry Jacobson's 12-year scam was busted. Uncle, so is he Uncle Jerry? Or is he other, is Uncle the Jerry. The other Jerry's not. I was just doing a little bit of a, ooh, oh, but it was definitely him. He's the Uncle Jerry. Well, got us. I got wow. you, Dave. Everybody else was on board. Yeah. Got me. <laughs> With each of Jacobson's nine charges carrying a five-year penalty, investigators warned him he'd be 104 on his release date. In exchange for a signed confession and his testimony in court, Jacobson pleaded guilty to three counts uh, for a total of 15 years, and the government took everything he owned. McDonald's CEO Jack Greenberg told the the country in a television address that the company had immediately terminated its relationship with Simon Marketing. Oh, poor Simon. Well, yeah, because the McDonald's account was about 98% of their business. (laughs) So overnight, the entire place is shut down. So because of him... Hundreds of people lost their jobs. This is exactly how a game of Monopoly ends, isn't it? <laughs> when you land on Mayfair and you're, you're bartering, you're like, all right, I'll give you this. I'll give you... I'll take everything! And you're like, one roll of the dice, I get 200 passing go. There's no way. You're fucked. You're yeah, fucked. You're fucked. It's over. Um, so more Let than... Listen. So you've, you've played Monopoly till the end. Oh, yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> what patience. Or stupidity. So, of the 50 defendants that were convicted of mail fraud and conspiracy, most most received only probation and are still paying back their prize money, like just in instalments every month. Four winners, including Dwight Baker's foster son, George Chandler, had their conviction overturned by an appeals court, which agreed they were duped, because he had no idea. He thought it was a divorcee. Yeah, Yeah, he was still, like, being a little bit dodgy, but he didn't have the full information. So Jerry Jacobson admitted to stealing as many, 60, as many as 60 game pieces over a dozen years, totaling over $24 million in prizes. The judge sent him to jail for 37 months. He did not pass go. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Just a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, before we started, Jess goes, I'm going to finish with a joke and you and Dave are going to say it all night before and fuck it up. But turns out I was not smart enough to do that. <laughs> Dave did it just before and I went, oh, that's clever. <laughs> but that is my report on the McDonald's Monopoly heist. <laughs> Honestly, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming out and uh, coming to our first live one of these in, in, in so, so long. It really is a privilege to uh, be able to talk to yeah, people. Yeah, we were trying to figure out. Like, our last one was like... In uh, maybe Birmingham, like 16 or 17 Yeah, amazing. Or so it's, it's so nice to be uh, back here. Thanks so much. <laughs> I was actually trying to be sincere. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I really enjoy... Um, <laughs> being on stage here tonight and I, I just want to thank everyone for uh, allowing us to make this happen and uh, yeah uh, ladies and gentlemen Matt Stewart <laughs> he's not coming back um but honestly, thank you so much for coming out. We absolutely love you so much. We'd like to give a big round of applause to Carl Chandler and the European Beer Cafe for having us. Thank you so much. 
We've got Andrew Duty Dudson on the sound. Thank you, Duty. Vinny Chen on the cameras that really are there. They're not made up. Uh, we've been doing good. Thank you so much. See you next time. Goodbye. If I do say so myself, a cracking episode. Uh, and you're back in the room. And by the room, I mean in my study, my very echoey study at my house. I'm determined to not um, not edit. Like, I'm not going to edit this at all. I'm not going to stop and start. Sometimes when I start to do this stuff by myself, I just, I'm like, oh, God, you're making no sense, you idiot. And I'd stop and start again. I'm not doing it. It's late at night. I can't be stuffed. Uh, I've got a lot on at the moment. I'm a little stressed. So anyway, hello, Jess here. And uh, this brings us to everybody's favorite part of the show, uh, where we like to thank a few of our Patreons. Um, and we do a few, honestly, too many uh, different segments here. The first, of course, is everyone's favorite. It's called Fact, Quote or Question. I believe it has a little jingle that goes something like this. Fact, Quote or Question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. Uh, okay, I'm going to do a few of these. It's always a bit weird by myself. I do apologize if anybody uh, really wanted an answer from Matt or Dave and uh, is not getting it. I know that can be very frustrating or disappointing. I know I'm a massive disappointment is what I'm saying. Uh, okay, so without further ado, our first quote comes from Julian Barnes. Julian's given himself the title of I'm hungry. Um, me too. I guess I just had dinner, but I'm always thinking about what I can eat next. Uh, so Julian, I'm hungry, has given us a quote, says, Hey guys, so looking forward to your upcoming live shows. Thank you so much. They're happening right now. We just heard one then. Did you hear that truck go by my house just then? The following is a quote from Terry Pratchett's book, Hat Full of Sky, and it reminds me of how excited I am to get back out into the wide world soon. So this is a quote. Why do you go away so that you can come back? so that you can see the place you came from with new eyes and extra colours. And the people there see you differently too. Coming back to where you started is not, is not the same as never leaving. Oof, that's really nice. I haven't read a lot of Terry Pratchett stuff, um, but that's lovely. What a nice quote. I think that's very true. Come back to where you're from and you see it a little differently. Lovely. Thank you so much, Julian. Um, I hope between writing that and me reading it just now, I hope you've eaten something. And if not, for the love of God, please go eat something. Um, okay, next we have Gary J from the UK. Uh, and Gary's giving himself a new title. It's called Chick Sexer, someone who determines the sex of chickens. What fun. What fun, Gary. I'm guessing that's you telling us about a new job you have. And congratulations. Fantastic. Uh, a question from Gary. When you were younger, who was your favourite Neighbours character? And why was it Joe Mangle? I never watched Neighbours, so I probably just mangled that name. Uh, you wrote, when I was young, he was he's what an Australian was to me. Him, Crocodile Dundee and Shane Warne. It's not far off, to be honest. Yeah, I never really watched Neighbours. Um, Toadie, I guess. A lot of my actor friends have had very small parts on Neighbours, so I would say all of them. Uh, collectively. Um, yeah, I don't know that I want to get into Neighbours now. I feel like it's something you have to have watched as a child into your early teens. I don't know many uh, many people who watch it anymore, but 
it's still going. So obviously there's a lot of people. I'm just not, I'm just not one of them. So that's a huge, obviously, disappointment for you. Um, apologies. But um, thank you for letting us know. Thank you for answering your own question. We love it when people do that. And congratulations on the new job as Chick Sexer. Uh, we also have uh, from Michael Derizzi, who's given himself the title Dolly Parton's Roadie. Oh, my God. Dream job. And uh, Michael has given us a fact says, patron saint of the pod, Dolly Parton, recently got a COVID vaccine shot that she helped to fund. Yeah, crazy. Uh, She also did a little rewrite of one of her songs to help promote it. She's so delightful and wholesome and my country doesn't deserve her. No, Michael, the world doesn't deserve her. She's truly incredible. You've also sent uh, a YouTube link, um, which I I could put that in the show notes if I remember. I'll be doing that in the next like 10 minutes, but I'll probably forget. Also says, P.S. I hope this link works. If not, you three could probably just Google Dolly Parton vaccine song. There you go. That's a note for everybody, really. Dolly Parton vaccine song. No worries if it doesn't work and you decide not to mess around with it while recording. Michael, it's like you get me. P.P.S. At the f- at the time of writing this, I have an appointment to get my first dose COVID shot. By the time you read this, I'll hopefully have gotten my second dose. <gasps> Wonderful. Congratulations. Big news. A uh, little bit delayed here in Australia. Um, and obviously a bit of a tiered rollout. So the most, uh, you know, most vulnerable are getting it first, um, healthcare workers, first responders, um, uh, you know, the people with, uh, immune diseases, disabilities, etc. So hoping that, um, I'll be able to get it soon too. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Finally from Matthew Bohr. He's given himself the title of Director of Dugo on Craft Services and Canadian Ambassador of Seal Clubbing. Okay, bit of fun. <laughs> and Michael uh, Matthew has given himself, uh, has asked a question. Fuck, she's struggling. Hi, Dugo on Crew. One thing I've always appreciated about you all as a group is vocally the podcast is always dynamic and fun thank you so much it could just be the accents but i feel you all bring a certain vocal je ne sais quoi that makes the show great this is making me blush just reading it question if you could have a guest on the show for their voice and how it would add to the reports who would it be and why oh so like who has a good voice and you've excluded Michael Caine, Adele, and Sydney Scheinberg as they are already on regularly. Yes, we already have them as regular guests. We really should just put them on the uh, on the like show description. You know, they're essentially co-hosts now. Um, you say my pick is John Bailey, otherwise known as Epic Voice Guy from Honest Trailers. Oh yeah, he's got a great voice. Who's got a good voice? Um, Morgan Freeman is a classic. He's the voice. Um, I do like kind of like British Irish accents. Oh, I was watching, um, oh fuck. I see, I was seeing clips of, um, uh, like a great celebrity bake off stand up to cancer. Was it stand up to cancer? Something like that. Dizzy rascals on there. He's never baked before, but he's actually crushing it. Like he's so good. And just the way he talks is actually a bit of fun. St. James McAvoy's on there too. And it's like, oh, I could listen to him talk all day. So there's a, there's a couple of options, I guess. Or maybe like Kermit the Frog. I think that would add a fun dynamic. So there you go. Um, I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, I'm just going to, like I said, I'm not... Um, I refuse to... 
uh, edit any of this or stop and start again. So just a little peek behind the curtain. I'm just marking that I have answered those questions. Um, great. Done. Okay. Now, the next thing we like to do is thank a few of our Patreons um, who support the show on the Ask Prod <laughs> level. Um, oh, yeah. If you ever want to submit a fact quote or question, uh, you can absolutely do so. That is for our Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Package Patreons. You get a newsletter, three bonus episodes, um, early access to tickets. Um, and you get to submit a fact quote or a question. Uh, if you are an associate producer on the show, you uh, also get to ask. Um, you don't get to ask questions. You get a shout out, and that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to give a few shout outs to some people. Um, and normally we come up with a little bit of a game, but oh, okay. You know what? Because I'm here by myself, I'm just going to say how much money you. Fake one in the in the Monopoly game, the McDonald's Monopoly game. I'm going to say that. So, without further ado, I would love to thank from Sheffield in England, Joshua Roberts. Joshua Roberts, you actually won uh, illegitimately um, four hundred and thirty six dollars US and forty two cents. So you can figure out what that would be in pounds. Um, yeah, yeah, so there you go. Joshua Roberts, I've already forgotten the amount because I was making it up as I went. So I hope you were listening. If not, hit that little rewind button a couple of times. Uh, I would also love to thank uh, from Maura in Queensland, Lisa Yao. Lisa Yao wins in Australian dollars because you are from Queensland. Actually, pretty big, $250,000. You don't get to keep any of that, but, like, you spend it quickly. You go real flashy, cars, um, jewels. It's all, obviously, um, taken off you once the FBI find you. But, God, for those few months, you're living like a goddamn queen. And that's what you deserve, Lisa. That's what you deserve. Um, I would also love to thank, from Westgate-on-Sea, oh, that's fun, in uh, in the UK, Thomas Williams. Thomas Williams uh, won three pound. Three pound. You were not that impressed by it, um, which is understandable. That is understandable. But then you did use that three pound to go buy a cheeseburger uh, to drown your sorrows. And then on the wrapping of the cheeseburger, you won a million pound. <laughs> Once again, did not get to keep it. Um, but still pretty exciting. So not bad. Um, I would also love to thank, I'll just do, how many have I done there? That's three. I'll do, I'll do four. Um, I would love to thank from, oh, what's this? Pen, Pentic, Penticton, Penticton. That's confusing. In British Columbia, Canada, Matthew Bohr. Am I saying that right, Matthew? Penticton, Penticton. Oof. I don't know if I enjoy that. Um, maybe, maybe the way you say it sounds nicer, but Matthew Bohr, you win in Canadian dollars, uh, $700,000. Huge. I know. Massive. I'm proud of you. Um, it's very exciting. And weirdly, actually, you do get to keep it. You, you get away with it. Nobody ever catches you. So sorry, I just said your name 
on a on a massive podcast, which uh, the FBI frequently listen to for tip offs. But uh, yeah, it's just how I go, I guess. Anyway, uh, thank you to those of you who uh, uh, who support the show. You can always do that at Patreon slash DoGoOnPod. Um, and it, you know, breaks it all down there nicely for you. So thank you so much. The last thing I would like to do, and I might need to fucking pause awkwardly for a second here because I didn't do it ahead of time, is see if there is anybody uh, for the Trip Ditch Club this week. Um, having a bit of a look here, having a bit of a look here. Um, I don't think there are any people for the Triptych Club this week. Uh, if I've missed them because I'm not good at the uh, Triptych Club system, we will definitely do you next week. But from what I can see here, not sure that there are. So we're all good. Um, thank you so much for hanging around for this last part. I know it's a bit tedious when there's just one of us here. Um, but we really appreciate those of you who came out to see the live show. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, and also I know some of you love, some of you hate the, not hate, but you know, aren't big fans of, uh, listening to the live shows. We have filmed these as well. So they'll come out on our YouTube channel. Um, not, not too long. They won't be too far away. So, um, you can look forward to that as well. Uh, if you don't necessarily like listening, because you there might be parts where you're like, "What's happening?" Uh, you can you can watch it, which is always a lot of fun. Um, but also, we just really appreciate you. Um, I guess kind of sticking with us because getting out and doing the live shows is uh, is really really great for us. We love to do it; means a lot to us. So it's it's so nice to be able to get back out there and, and perform for you again. Um, but yeah, okay, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to upload this straight away and uh, I will uh, catch you next week um, for Matt's report, I believe will be next. Very exciting. Uh, but until that time, that magical time, I will say goodbye, laters. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.